0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hi, I Like Maths, which is all about how mathematics can improve our mental and intellectual abilities. So this is not a technical show. We're not going to talk about mathematics formulas or abstract stuff. We mainly discuss about problems, solutions, challenges, research and discoveries in the world of mathematics and its applications. My name is Linda. I am the host of the show. Uh, I completed a PhD in applied mathematics. I am maths educator and the founder of Bungie Pie, which helps children learn mathematics using storytelling, animations, and real-life examples. It also helps maths teachers and schools develop numeracy, problem-solving skills, and critical thinking of their students. Today, I'm honoured to have Dr. Ron Fuchs, who is mathematician, quantitative analysis, programmer, product manager, regional manager, CEO, consultant, director, investor and photographer here. He's going to talk about life and education through maths lens. Let me give you a brief introduction about him. First, Ron has built his career devising quantitative methods and creating analytical tools, mostly in the financial world. Ron has started his career building financial products for banks and from there moved to develop risk management uh, applications for banks and other financial institutions. His career led him around the world from Israel to Japan, UK, US, Singapore and Australia. He has also spent a few years teaching computer science at James Cook University in Queensland. In recent years, Ron has been an independent consultant to companies, mostly startups and startup investors. He is also building up a career as a photographer. Ron is holding a bachelor in mathematics and computer science, master in applied maths and PhD in finance. Uh, Welcome, welcome to uh, my show, Ron. Uh, Before we start, I would like to give our audience uh, a little story about how I met you for the first time. Uh, I do photography, and I normally go by my own or uh, with some friends. Uh, A few weeks ago, I decided to go for Christmas light photography. And um, this time, I I felt like joining other photographers, so I searched around and found uh, a photography group in meetups. Uh, in Sydney, we did exactly the same event, um, Christmas Life photo shooting. So I joined, uh, that was actually the first time I joined this media group, and um, I, I met Ron there. And so so, so we started working by photos um, and, and photography stuff. And then I asked, is it the only thing you do for living? And he said, no, I've, I've done uh, maths and IT and pattern recognition. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So I, I do maths as well. And then we found out we have a lot, of, we have a lot in common. So he talks about the maths and stuff that he did. And, and then I shared a little bit about my background. And then I asked, I have a podcast, a show, uh, Hi, I Like Maths. And I would like to invite you to this show. And he said, yes, this is how we met for the first time. So um, thank you for joining. Uh, today, this is um, really minor, and I think I uh, I randomly find quite an interesting person. So, so the first question for you would uh, would be, um, what would you want to be growing up? So, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, that's always a difficult question because you know, like depends on what age and I always wanted to be everything. You know, of course, I want to be an astronaut and. Uh, you know, and there, there are a lot of things I wanted to be, but uh, I think at later year, when I was a teenager, there were really, I really wanted to become a scientist, and uh, there were two things that affected it. Uh, the first was my father was a scientist, and as a child, he always used to take me. He was, he was working in chemistry. So he used to take me to his laboratory and let me play with all these beautiful instruments and taught me how to use them. So that was a great thing. and I saw these wonderful things around us that all, in my view, was created because of science. You know, that nothing could have, you know, everything from the car and uh, uh, that we were driving and, uh, you know, and and from the TV and everything was basically the creation of science. So that really was a huge motivator for me. And uh, the second thing was, at that time, it was the first time that uh, the men landed on the moon. It was the moon landing. And that was a time that everybody got so excited about science, about we were sure that within 20 years, we will all be flying to the moon and living on the moon. And, you know, so I took all the books about the landing on the moon and started reading about, you know, chemistry and physics and all these kind of things. And it is a really exciting time to want to be a kind of scientist.
0: Oh, great, great. So you, you were a science lover right from the beginning? Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Um, and that know, hasn't changed. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know how lucky you are to find something that you, you really liked right from the beginning? It's it's fairly, it's fairly difficult in, in my view, um, you know, finding something you were quite interested in early on. All right, so the next question would be um, uh, tell us um, about your career path up to now. So I know that you've done uh, all different sorts of things and you have a lot for science, but I would like to know like, what, what, what your career path um, looked like so far.
1: So I was doing my PhD at the time and uh, I was doing it, up, it. It was strange because I wanted to be a scientist, but I found that a lot of scientists were not good enough in math. So I decided to start with math and, and computers so later I can do much more serious science. So I have all the right background. So um, so I was doing my PhD at the time. And at the same time, at the time, that banking was a very exciting place. So all the development, all the modeling was happening. So I just completely by chance at some kind of a stupid party. I, I met a guy that was a banker and he heard that I was a scientist, uh, I was a mathematician. We started uh, talking about it and the next thing I knew, uh, he recruited me to work for the bank. So I started working as a mathematician and as a mathematician, uh, I and also at that time mathematician, I was a programmer at the same time. So I did a lot of analysis and programming and uh, very quickly I moved to start managing money and doing more with the financial side Right. things so um, I had quite a few years and you know doing building financial instruments and uh, and then I started because I was so interested in modeling I started moving to risk management and and, and at that time it's a risk management become kind of big thing so I started working on risk management trying to assess the risk of the investment of financial instruments and Hi. um And that's basically, led me to start dealing with big data. Big data issue and big data analysis. Right. So I I was all the time kept working between my my, my personal business I was doing and then for a while, and then I was going to a corporate and spent a few years at corporate and went back to doing my own thing and then went to a corporate and I kept moving. Mm -hmm. And I started moving and then I started getting interested in startups I got involved with a few startups in the area of, again, analytics, big data analytics, some related to finance, some not related to finance. I was the CEO of a company. And uh, in the end, basically, uh, I basically sold my part in the company um, and became a photographer. That's what I did.
0: Wow. <laughs> what a shift, what a change, you know, from um, something quite technical to, uh, you know, to a field which, it, which requires a lot of creativity and, you know, it, it, it's fairly different slides. I'm going to talk about that uh, later, um, what motivated you to start photography and um, how you've been able to kind of, you know, incorporate your previous knowledge in arts and technical work into the world of photography if, if you have done such a thing. So that yeah. would be an interesting um, thing to know. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, I know you're quite interested in um, so many things, but what's, what, what, what are you passionate about in particular? But do you have such, something that you're really passionate about or is just, you know, uh, you, you're pretty much interested in anything that you know, you've, you've been doing so far?
1: Uh, I think we can divide it probably into two parts like there is what I'm intellectually or what I'm personally passionate about and what I do which is a so um, which relate to my passion but it's a bit more concrete so I really love new things and I love new problems Mm -hmm. and I like solving problems so it, it really doesn't matter You know, I find myself, you know, when the COVID started, I find myself trying to model the COVID and do something like this. And in photography, I find myself, you know, trying to find new ways of doing photography and uh, taking photos in a different way, et cetera. So so I I think the main thing is to do new things and to solve new problems. And that's, I think, the main passion that drives me when I do whatever it is, anything. Uh, Practically, of course, uh, I'm a bit more limited, in, uh so I, I try to focus on a few things. So, um, as, as uh, we mentioned earlier, I really uh, like photography. It's a new thing for me; it's mm-hmm. only, it's only mm-hmm. a second year, but uh, uh, but but I really but I'm really enjoying it, and I find it something completely different to everything else. And you yeah. know, the problems there are completely different. Yeah, the approach is different. Yeah. Um I do uh, I do a lot of scuba diving. This is I just really passionate about. So I try to do
0: wow. it. yesterday
1: I came back from a day of scuba diving around Sydney. So that's that's something else. And it is not so much anymore about uh, problem solving. It is just going and doing it. I think I've been yeah. doing it for so many years that I just enjoy doing it. But um, and I also I really like artificial intelligence. I don't like the name artificial intelligence because it doesn't mean much, but but, but I really like the field and how it can be used for problems that we have not solved yet. So um, so uh, I basically spend a lot of time trying to understand the implication of artificial intelligence, to do some programming, just hands on. And uh, so, so these are the things that i actually passionate about and, and do them on a day to day basis.
0: Well, great. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad to find you because, uh, you know, you, you're kind of breaking a lot of of stigma around uh, very technical people, particularly in the area of maths and I think things because most, most, most people think that, oh, there's a bunch of nerds. So they just do technical things. They just do just love the, the maths bits of it. But, but the fact that you're quite interested in, uh, you know, you're passionate about photography, scuba diving and or, you know, the life, I would call it life. Um, I would say, yeah, it's just breaking that thing around. <laughs> Nerds! Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. Diving uh, just, just, nerd, yeah. <laughs> a proud nerd. <laughs> so I know you have a creative mind and you love problem solving and you're a good problem solver. You obviously enjoy it. So um, do you think your education at a school or university has shaped these abilities or this is something that you've developed um, over time through life challenges?
1: I think it's both. And I think that, you know, I, I, I had probably the interest to start with. And then when I finished school, I kept this. But I think I was really lucky for school to Basically, shape it in the way that uh, to move it from a child's uh, passion and interest to um, to an adult using it and still enjoying it, and uh, using it maybe in a bit more practical, formal way. And, and I was I, I was really lucky because I had a brilliant math teacher that was really interested in stretching our imagination as much as possible and going us basically having us go home after the lesson and really with a problem that bothers us and we really had to try and find a way to solve it. So the whole idea is that so so it created a curiosity and gave us a lot of the tools so I definitely have to give a hell of a lot of credit to um, my high school, as far as math education is concerned, it, it really shaped a lot of. Uh, well, the most important thing, and it didn't kill my passion because school mm. has a tendency to sometimes to take that passion and kill it. So that that was the first thing, but it's 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 much more than it It's really nourished it, made me curious about trying to solve difficult problems, trying to look at problems from a different angles, understanding that maybe if you don't solve the problem the easy way. Maybe there are other ways that I didn't think about. So for me, it was a combination of the two.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, I sort of have the same experience Then um, I was doing my high school as well because I, I was quite fortunate to have great teachers, uh, not maths um, itself, but also chemistry and physics. And I think they really changed the way I uh, looked at science um, in in general uh, they shaped my interest they didn't kill my curiosity and uh, they actually fed it and uh, you know um, planted a seed of looking at life uh, through this um, lens of uh, science and maths and this is, this is something that i personally enjoyed
1: i think the role is critical because especially as a teenager because as, as a child if it's quite often if they... People do not kill your passion. As a child, you have it. As a teenager, all of a sudden, your mind starts going in a very many direction. I could have chosen any other direction, you know, positive direction and more negative direction. Yeah. But there is a... And the fact is that the teacher keeps you interested and passionate about something specific. In my case, it was math and science. and That's basically, I think, shaped me to, you know, for the rest of my life. And uh, this is not obvious at all. And, uh, you know, I can definitely see people with, that had passion for things and ended up high school with completely hated the things that right. had been passionate about. So so I think that there is a critical role there school. And in, I was lucky enough that in my case, uh, it's very much worth for my benefit
0: now that we're talking about teachers and their their, their role in shaping uh, the way we look at uh, science and maths um, and uh, you know shaping our future um, i would like to get your opinion about the way we've been handling science and maths at a school so far
1: I, I think nearly everything needs to be changed there i think it's it's really scary and i'm talking here about australia in particular I had three kids going through the uh, education system, and I think as far as science and uh, math are concerned, it's very close to a disaster. And, and, it, it, I'm, and, it, and it's, I'm talking from, there are different angles to this problem. The first one is, do you know any any child? Have you ever met a child, the young child who doesn't like credence, who doesn't like to solve a problem? I don't think there is like, you know, they always like riddles. They always like problems. They're always curious. I think nearly in, very close to 100% of children are like that. So my first question, how come you take the subjects that basically they are all about curiosity, about problem solving, about looking for solutions about everything that a child really likes right? and turns it to something the child hates? Mm-hmm. That, there must be something really wrong with it, you know. Maybe children are not interested in, I don't know, in history. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, a, or maybe children are not, there's things that children are not naturally interested in, maybe, yeah. and you have to create this interest. But I don't know a single child that you give them a puzzle and they don't like, or you let them do a problem and they don't like. So, and all of a sudden, you put them into math, you put them into science, and they, for, you know, within months, we start hating it so there's something really really wrong in the um, in the way that we do that because that's something that basically children should love and i can't understand how you end up with something that you love and turn it into something that you hate so quickly so so, so that's the first problem actually that we are talking about and the second problem is I don't think that we really teach math and science at school. Right. I I think that we let's let's talk about science particularly. We I, instead of teaching science, we teach the book of science,
0: right. which
1: is equivalent to any kind of other religious books that uh, that that we are familiar with. Because science is not about memorizing facts; it's about way of thinking exactly and if i if you go and you hear discussions and i quite often i listen to this discussion between let's take creationist versus versus people who believe in evolution and really the best argument is that my book is later than your book and i taught it and scientists said that and that's the reason evolution is right the other person we say my book is more ancient than your books, and it's written by holy people, and that's why the most written it in it is right. The person that supports science cannot even build the logical arguments and does not even understand the logical arguments that why evolution is more probable than creationism. He just basically, he or she just memorized some kind of facts that written from the book, they studied them, they know, they pass the exam, they are really good at it. But unless and think like a scientist Let's have the proper thinking of a scientist, they're just basically believing in a book, exactly like the other. So the question is, who believes in a book more or whose book is right? And this is, I think, a big, big failure of our system. And it's the same in mathematics. People don't understand why the formula is the formula. They just basically, they're not even studying mathematics. At a young age, they study arithmetics, okay? They learn to add, to multiply, to divide. And then they start, they become, they learn to use formula. So the difference is that a mathematician is like an architect. They have the imagination what the house needs to be like and how you put it together. So, a mathematician is an architect. What we study in school is what I call the formula brick layers. Mm. Okay, we have formula, we put it here, we have this formula, put it there. And then this formula come on top of it. Why do you use formula? Because these are the bricks that they gave me, and that's what I put. And the difference between, I think, mathematics and what we learn at school, and with exceptions, I'm not talking about 100%, is exactly the difference between an architect that design houses and plan houses and make sure that they will be built properly, and a bricklayer. And with all due respect to bricklayers, because we need bricklayers we need to let people the option to become, uh, to become architects. And then to choose to be bricklayers, it's good. And I, I believe also that a bricklayer who understand how a house is built, who understand the principle of architecture, it will make a much better bricklayer,
0: but. Yeah, I think it's, it's important to trigger curiosity and, 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 and go beyond memorizing figures and facts and numbers. Um, it's, uh, it's the key. Uh, to have a creative mind and be a good problem solver. So so what what needs to be changed? How we can deal with this problem? What's what's your solution?
1: Theoretically, the solution is easy. And I can speak about it in a second. Practically, it's much more difficult because I many of the teachers that I know do not really understand math.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: Australia, it's even more severe because they keep rotating the teachers. So I can have a math teacher that is passionate about math, but next year he will teach general studies and it will be the general study teacher that will teach math this year. So there is some kind of a bizarre system here of rotating teachers. But even the math teachers, you know, many of them, b- very few of them are really mathematicians, they really understand math. Or they even have a not a, they even have a degree in math. So there are teachers that have some knowledge in math teaching, and that's—it's very difficult because if you don't fully understand the way of thinking of a mathematician or scientist, you can never teach it. You know, you can teach the facts. You know, they're written in the book, and you can convey the book. Or, you know, if you trust the children, say, take the book and read it. But to convey a way of thinking is something that you have to be able to think it yourself. So this problem, I'm not sure how to solve because you really need to encourage, Let's like say my teachers, math teacher, my um, science teacher were all, at least they had a degree, at least an undergraduate degree yeah. in the science. Most of them had much higher degrees. So you were a mathematician that just chose to go and teach math in high school. That's my teacher, for instance, that, mm-hmm. that was an example, but there were many others like this. It's very difficult to take a teacher, somebody who taught general teaching and has a degree in teaching, and turn them into a good math teacher. Not impossible, but very difficult. Right. Because, and so so this problem, I am not 100% sure how to solve it in the short term. In the long term, if you made, you know, uh, this kind of uh, profession very reputable and reasonably well-paid, you might be able to attract good people from science to go to uh, to teach in high schools. Uh, also, there's all the barriers that you can't teach in high schools. and You can't teach in schools here unless you have a teaching degree. That's so basically, right. you ask somebody to get a master's degree in math or in physics, and then go another, spend another three or four years to get a yeah. degree in teaching. And then basically, I think there should be some kind of a way to take this and make them with some kind of a quick path to be able to teach. So that's, um, uh, that's really the, um, the long term. And then basically, and, and then once you've got this one, how to teach it, I think is, math is divided into three really, I think, steps. The first step is you have to find the question you want to answer. Right. now the second not always but often you should be able to try and visualize it right to to have a good image in your mind about uh, about what the problem see the problem in your minds eye. now it has different level of the, for this but you know and maybe it come to advanced math it come to level of abstraction it become more and more difficult but you know but every person can imagine a circle or a ball or a straight line
0: yeah. so
1: so that, that's the second problem deal with trying to solve the problem in your eyes so you see the problem you understand the problem the third part of math is to formalize the answer but in some way this is something that can come later in my view because once you understand the problem, you've solved the problem, then you have to develop the language in order to solve the problem. Right. But when you start with the language without understanding what the problem, without understanding what the solution, just by formalization, that can scare everyone. So if I'm going to say, you know, like pi r square, it's if you're not familiar with the language, it's completely alien to you and it scares you. If I say, imagine a a circle and paint the middle of the circle in red. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's
1: see how much paint we need.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's something you can start imagining. And then eventually, so once you start having this visualization part, you can move to the part of the formalization. But I think we are too quickly moving to the part of formalization, writing formula, doing that part before we even understand what we are doing. So you end up with the people that write all the formula without having a clue what it is. I'll yeah. give you an example. If you ask somebody, and, 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 you know, probably a primary school example, you know, if you ask somebody what is, let's say, two minus quarter, for somebody who doesn't understand, just understand the mechanics of it, will say, okay, two is eight quarters, minus one quarter is seven quarter. Seven quarter is we break it in, now, we make it into a mixed fraction it's seven quarters is four quarters plus three quarters, four quarters is one, one plus three quarters, you get, okay, we have one and a three quarter. Okay, we solve the problem. But if I say, okay, if I take two pizzas, cut each pizza to four pieces and give one, give you one, how much do I left with? I think everybody can imagine and say, oh, okay, we have one and three quarter pizzas. You don't have to have every formula, any, exactly. anything for that.
0: Yeah.
1: If you manage to imagine pizzas in your mind,
0: so the that's formalization
1: it. comes later. If you yeah. start with the formalization, you'll never see pizzas in your mind.
0: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I do think um, uh, visualization and application are the key for learning mathematics. And these have been my focus, a bunch of over the last five years, because um, I do care about its relevance in life, and I, I do think learning maths is beyond memorizing figures and facts and numbers; is about way of thinking. And uh, but 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 you know, this this should be presented. This should be uh, uh, this should be taught that way. And that's another level, a higher level of um, of learning and teaching. And uh, I basically don't know how a maths teacher can can teach maths um using this way we've been talking about um if if she or he is struggling with um you know with with understanding mathematics itself uh, which again we are going beyond numbers beyond figures and facts so i I do believe we 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 need to provide resources for teachers and help them to upgrade themselves and you know um look at maths and maths education from all right um I, I'm pretty much sure you have, you have a lot of things to do so I'm not gonna take that much of your time more, time, more of your time. so I really pre- appreciate the time you uh, you know um, you, you set it up for our chat um, and to be part of this show um, I'm pretty much sure uh, you quite a, you have a lot to say so I would like to invite you more even to join this, this, uh, this show again and I uh, you know, talk about more interesting stuff.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks. It was a pleasure.
0: People, thank you for listening to another episode of Hi, I Like Maths. Um, if you think you have anything interesting related to mathematics and its applications, please contact me on admin at uh, Please subscribe to our channels at uh, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes till the next episode of how i like mats be a mats lover